Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Cover 2, a podcast on the Cleveland Browns. Hits! Browns are going to win! Bayfield, end zone, Landry, touchdown! With Dan Kadar and Browns beat writer Nate Ulrich of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. With Steve Dorshuk from the Canton Repository. fans now cover two a podcast on the cleveland browns and a very late 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 night for you all this is george thomas from the akron beacon journal i'm with marla right now from the akron beacon journal steve dorshuk from the canton repository and nate ulrich from the akron beacon journal um Kind of look back at the Browns' 17-14 win over the Denver Broncos. It wasn't a pretty affair, but it was a necessary affair. Grinded out kind of game and one that they had to have. Um, big story of the night, and I think we'd probably all have to agree, is is the way Dearness Johnson showed up. Um, you know, they they placed, it, placed trust in him to be able to perform. I don't know that anybody really expected him to perform to a level where he rushed for over 100 yards and a touchdown tonight. What about you guys? Oh, I loved you, Ernest, so I expected. <laughs> I see you've got your tuna question in. So I, I had to ask about that. Well, it's not tuna. I think it's dolphin fish or whatever is really what Mahi Mahi is. But anyway... No, but, I mean, it is amazing, though. He had one carry for seven yards before tonight. I mean, this season. Um, been mostly a special teams player. So, I really – but he he really helped set the tone at the, in the, from the beginning of the game. It was – you know, but I just thought the best part of the whole thing was at the end when he, you know, he rushes for – on to, to – you know, at the end of the game and all the offensive linemen are like pounding him on the chest and Jed Wills has got his arm around his neck. I mean, it was just, it was the kind of the encapsulation of a guy's fight for an NFL career. I just blew me away. It was great at the end how he, I mean, he put the team on his back along with the offensive line um, to seal the win. Uh, the, the Broncos, they scored their last touchdown, 5-17 left. And, you know, they never got the ball back. It was incredible the way they finished the game with Dearness Johnson uh, running the ball. And, of course, he ran a lot on that series. And then third and seven at the Denver 20, he picked up the eight yards to get the first down, seal it. What a great story. Marla, I, I got to tell you, I did not expect this from him. I, um 
I, I agree with you that he's a great story, um, but I did not view him as a great number one back heading in. And he and the offensive line showed out tonight, and you got to hand it to him. I mean, it really was a great story and exactly what they needed. They needed people. We hear it all the time. These cliches are never-ending, but, but there's truth in them. Next man up. You know, you need a guy to step up. And he epitomized that tonight with all the injuries, all the adversity uh, that the Browns are dealing with, especially on offense. They got a huge performance out of Dearnest uh, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt down. I'm going to split my take on uh, Dearnest John Johnson and say that certainly it was the most impressive performance that we saw tonight and uh, probably it was the best story although I don't know to me because uh, to me the most important story of the night is and and was and uh, maybe will be uh, going into the uh, the near-term games can Case Keenum win a game uh, as the starting quarterback and and you know Obviously, you'd be an idiot to take anything away from from Johnson and uh, how hard he he ran tonight. But um, without Case Keenum demonstrating that uh, that he can be uh, um, not just a game manager, but a guy who uh, can be put in pressure situations, and I thought that happened uh, maybe as many as four times tonight. That it looked as though the Browns were going to be comfortable. And then uh, Pat Shermer of all people uh, somehow uh, devised a game plan that got the Broncos back into the game. So the pressure kept back, kept coming back to Keenum to prove that he, he can, uh, can handle the moment of, uh, of uh, competing in a close game and uh, directing and driving a close game. So I thought his efficient passing one of the big stats, of course, Johnson had something to do with this, but uh, one of the big stats tonight, this uh, hasn't been the case all year, was that the Browns were 10 of 16 on third or fourth down conversions. Of course, 9 of 15 of that was third downs. But uh, to me, uh, that's that's largely on, on Keenum. So I'm, I'm saying that Dearness Johnson was the most uh, exciting story and the most impressive player tonight, but uh, Case Keenum was the most important player. Yeah, I agree with it, Steve, and that's mainly because quarterback's the most important position, and Case Keenum came in and really stabilized things at that spot. Um, and, and what I thought was interesting in the post game, I asked Kevin Stefanski if Keenum had received any first-team reps on Tuesday uh, in their only real practice that they had this week on the, sh in the short work week in the buildup to this game. And so fancy said, no. So that, that really interests me because that means that Baker Mayfield who did practice Tuesday, got those first team reps that the team must've had, had um, been operating under the belief at that time that Mayfield was going to play. Uh, and therefore he got the reps with the starters. So I think it's just an even bigger feather in Keenum's cap that he didn't get those reps. It was just simply walkthrough reps on Wednesday that he got because by that time they knew that they were going to have to sit Baker. The swelling was too severe. He wasn't going to be ready on a short week. 
to go back in there with the shoulder the way it is. And, you know, hey, guys, they paid Keenum well as a backup. And Keenum's a 10-year vet, and he's been to the NFC Championship with the Vikings in 2017 with Stefanski on the staff and all that and on his resume says that he is the kind of guy who can go in there with no first-team reps and give you what you need, and he backed it up tonight. Nate, can we split that feather? Now, I know I split the my take on uh, Johnson and, uh, and and Keenum. Can we split that feather uh, for uh, for Keenum and uh, give the half of it to uh, Stefanski for calling? Um, I don't want to say uh, Coach Kevin pitched a perfect game in his play calling tonight, but I thought he was uh, he was very savvy and very insightful in the way he uh, he used Keenum. Of course, he knows him well. He should be able to use them uh, efficiently, but it, it takes two to tango. And I thought the uh, synergy and uh, symmetry between uh, Stefanski and, uh, and Keenum was real good tonight. I thought it was uh, Stefanski's best game as a play caller. And uh, I, uh, this is somewhat unrelated, but I, I just wanted to throw it out there. But I think this was easily the Browns' best uh, home game. It, it, you call it ugly if you want. To me, it was it was uh, kind of pretty because it was so necessary to, uh, to win tonight. I thought it was the best of the four home games that they played. Uh, the second place isn't close. Yeah, and I, I will agree with you, Steve, on Stefanski in this one. And also want to point out real quick that, you know, we've commented before on fourth down not working for this team. And it's been true. It's been a problem. They haven't been efficient enough. But he went for for it on um, fourth and three from the, from the Denver six, okay? And that was – the second series of the third quarter, Denver came out and scored on on the it, the first uh, series of the of the second half, and made this game really interesting. Um, all of a sudden, you know, it's ten to seven, um, and there it is. He could have kicked the field goal and, and gone up by six, but why? And he was going to be aggressive, Kevin Stefanski, as we know. And I thought it was interesting because he did it with the backup quarterback without Kareem Hunt, without Nick Chubb. Um, you know, let's get to all-pro right tackle Jack Conklin. Missed his second game in a row. You know, obviously, Jedrick Wills came back in this game uh, after missing the previous two, uh, so they had their starting left tackle back. But you're still missing so many key parts, and, of course, Baker Mayfield, and you still go for it on fourth and three. It just shows the trust, I think, that Kevin Safancy has in – Case Keenum, and of course he's going to say he trusts him, but that's backing backing up the words with actions. And and Keenum, it may have looked awkward, but he scrambled up the middle. He gained the first down uh, to the one, and then a, a short touchdown pass, obviously to Johnny Stanton, wide open in the end zone uh, for the touchdown on the next play. So it really did pay off. I will say this about Keenum: it. It kind of, when he said he didn't have any first-team reps, it kind of explains why it didn't look so hot on some of those deep balls. But, I mean, when you you figure, you know, Stefanski said that's the kind of life of a backup. You don't get reps. So that I think that that kind of gives you, I guess it's encouraging for the future if you need Keenum again, that you hopefully he will have had a little more practice time and, you know, might be able to improve in that regard. <laughs> If we need him, if if he's needed again, uh, do you think Baker's going to be back in ten days? Given the news that was revealed tonight with his broken humerus, fractured humerus. 
I think Keenum's going to play in the next game personally. Um, and and that, that's kind of an important uh, story, obviously. Uh, um, and can we agree? I don't know if we can agree on this or not. In my in my mind, uh, Mayfield gonna, is the, Mayfield is the guy if he's if he's healthy, and and but he's not healthy. So then uh, the uh, the debate uh, reaches uh, different uh, textures and, and, and levels. But in my opinion, uh, Mayfield's your guy uh, uh, when healthy. Um, and, and but uh, it's, a, it's a serious debate. If he's not healthy and he hasn't been, and he hasn't thrown the ball very accurately. Keenum threw it more accurately tonight on the short stuff than Baker's been throwing the short stuff in recent times. So to me, it's almost a, a no-brainer. Let uh, Mayfield uh, gather himself. Let Keenum, who demonstrated that he can handle the the pressure and uh, and and the game plan, uh, play again. There's there's one question though here. I'm going to throw this at you guys. It's kind of a curveball question, but you know if if we agree that Mayfield comes back when he's when he's healthy, do we agree? What 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 do we do now? What does Kevin Stefanski do with Dearness Johnson if Dearness Johnson stays stays hot? Because the backs are going to be out a while, aren't they? Well, uh, George, you're, George, you're wrinkling your nose. But if you, if you have a, have a guy who's running that hard. Do you are are you saying that uh, just because his name is Kareem Hunt, he deserves to be the number two back instead of uh, Johnson? I don't know. I'm curious. Well, Unless not- Johnson can play his way into a a role where uh, you keep giving him carries uh, after the other guys come back. Kareem Hunt's going to be out four to six weeks, I believe. So that that is is moot for now. Yeah, Chubb's the back, but I'm just saying, who's the number two? Does does uh, your dearness Johnson have a have a chance to play his way into a no, um, because because, because Kareem Hunt's too flexible. He he works well in the run game and passing game. No. Yeah, I will agree with George on this. Um, Steve is as great of a story is as Deanna's Johnson is tonight, and as great as he looked as a number one back tonight. I just think that, and and this is so rare. There, you're not going to find another team in the NFL, but I he has got two guys ahead of him who are legitimately better players. Yeah. Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Don't write. Don't say that. No, you're not allowed. I'm saying give him give him a chance. And if he plays lights out, uh, then in in my in my book, he's allowed uh, to compete to to be the number two back. That's fine, but I I just think that Kareem Hunt uh, was probably the offense's MVP to this point in the season when he got hurt. I just think he was having a phenomenal season. And I think Nick Chubb is the best player on the offense. Um, so I don't know. It's just it's it's a weird spot, Steve. It's like, you know, two of the top five players on the roster happen to play running back. Well, I, I'm with you guys. I don't. I mean, Kareem is. I mean, you heard when he went when he was injured. Like the guys were talking about how he's the way he throws his body around. Kind of, you know, represents all that they. You know, the whole the. The team. So, but I do say, the Ernest is gonna. You know, he proved that he's if he if the Browns ever let him go or whatever, he's gonna get some looks. I mean, this was a big night for him personally, whether he stays in Cleveland or not. I, you know, we'll see. I think he's a restricted free agent next year. I don't know that off the top of my head, but like I said, I think he sort of showed that. He's capable of helping someone. Oh, he's 
he's he's very capable. And and, and Steve, I see you smiling. I see you. Yeah. Smiling. No, don't don't accuse me of smiling when I'm smirking. Uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, I was I was gonna make some. Uh, you know, wiseacre comment about uh, what you guys uh, want Kareem Hunt uh, to be the number two back just because his 5.2 per carry average is better than uh, Jim Brown's was in his career. <laughs> but uh, I, 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 I mean, to, to me, it's uh, it, it sounds like I'm not going to get any traction on the the thought that uh, well, what happens if uh, Dearnest, who did fantastic, fantastically may not be a word, so I don't know, did uh, very well tonight. Uh, to me, if he does very well again, I'm not uh, kicking uh, good players uh, out of uh, out of a chance to compete. So yeah, there, there's the five two that I was kind of smirking at this because there's there's Kareem Hunt at five two, Nate to your point of uh, and of course he has 20 catches on on the air. Maybe yeah, you can definitely argue that maybe, or you can argue that he is the MVP. I don't know if I would. I'd have to think about it. But then, then there's Chubb, whose uh, average is 5.8, which is uh, tremendous. Obviously, it's um, I think the only guy uh, averaging more per carry is uh, is um, Lamar Jackson, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, uh, Dearness is averaging uh, 6.3 this season. Of course, that's uh, almost all tonight. But uh, his stats ain't bad either. I do want to follow up on the quarterback thing, and uh, you know, I I I don't think there's a there is no debate that, you know, Baker Mayfield's the guy of healthy. Um, and the other thing is, you know, the feedback I've gotten from the Browns and, and you know, just people who know Baker and what he's thinking and everything. And, you know, he even he said to Jay Glazer, he's going to try to to be ready. Um, I, you know, Stefanski said after the game that this does not change this, him disclosing this, you know, uh, fracture. And the fact that there is a fracture doesn't change the equation from coming back uh, this season. And, you know, that, you know, there's a chance that he could play on Halloween against the Steelers. But, you know, it's too early to give a give you a good number on that is what Stefanski said. So I just wanted to, to add that that's what was said tonight. Uh, and, you know, I totally agree with Steve. You know, I mean, the Browns definitely view – Baker Mayfield is their guy and, you know, Case Keenum came in and did a great job and that's exactly what he's here to do. The plan worked to perfection in the event you don't have your starting quarterback, you're paying Case Keenum good number two money and he went out and earned it. Hey Nate, can I hit you up with a quick question? That is uh, like, as, as you said, uh, Stefanski uh, said, uh, well, he didn't rule Baker out and he couldn't put a percentage on it. Correct. But uh, my, my sense is, and I want to see if you uh, agree with this or, or Marla or, or George, my sense is that uh, he won't uh, won't play against Pittsburgh and probably shouldn't play against Pittsburgh. Do you agree with that or do you see it uh, differently and you're more open-minded about it than I am there? I'm more open-minded that he might play. I, 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 I as it, Now, whether he should, you know – that that's a different question and i didn't think he should play tonight and primarily because of you know the injuries to guys around him especially tackles and you know um but you got jedrick wills back now if you have jack conklin back if your o-line's back to to you know full strength then you know i think that really makes a difference and would make me look at it differently and make me think 
you know, if all the boxes are checked medically and, you know, the staff is happy with the way he's moving in practice and, you know, he's feeling good and those tackles are out there would make me feel a lot more comfortable than, than just one of them out there or none of them out there. Obviously, Will's got back out there, so it's halfway there. I think you'd have to chain him in the locker room not to play against Pittsburgh, but that's just my opinion. Well, hang on. What are you saying? You're saying that that's what Baker is going to be like, but that's what Baker was like this week, and guess what? An organizational decision was made. No, I agree, but I just, you know, if he can heal and strengthen and get better, I I think they're going to have more of a fight on their hands I just can't. I mean, God, it's like he it's like the Steeler rivalry or if it is one is kind of like what he's born to do. So I, I think it's going to be difficult. They're basically going to have to that's going to have to be a met almost a medical decision, in my opinion, to keep him out of that game. I think the Browns should, uh, should uh, consider this this uh, thought. And that is if Duck Hodges can beat the Cleveland Browns. Certainly, Case Keenum can be the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's harsh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's harsh. <laughs> Fair enough. I got before we go. I got one question. What did you guys think of the way the defense played in the second half? I mean, I I looked at it and it's like it, it, all of a sudden the, the the coverage in the defensive backfield went soft. It went very soft to me. And it 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 seemed like they were playing not to lose more than anything else in that second half. No, well, there was. Yeah, I'm just going to say quickly that uh, I thought uh, I remember thinking is that the third quarter was unfolding that Shermer uh, made some nice adjustments and uh, whatever you think of Pat Shermer uh, the uh, the way the uh, the uh, uh, team looked. Uh, Behind Bridgewater on the on that first drive of the, the third quarter re- reflected well on on uh, on Shermer and it, it worked and yeah George the uh, and 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 Marla and Nate uh, that uh, those those two stands or non stands on the two long touchdown drives of the uh, second half uh, at this point of the season is such a an important uh, game I mean those those were game losing uh, defensive uh, performances on on those two. Uh, Two drives, uh, and they kind of uh, balance out the the really good work that the team did in the uh, second half. So, yeah, an A for the defense in the first half, and probably a C minus, uh, or maybe a C, or somewhere between a C minus and a C plus at best in the second half. I'm with you, George. There was two occasions in there when the game is on the line, when you got the the they had. You know, guys are running wide open. I'm like, how are guys wide open with, you know, six or seven minutes to go? I don't know. I just, that was, I still think they have a few things to fix back there. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, I agree. I agree with everything all you guys are saying. Obviously, this is an improvement, uh, you know, from the last two weeks, but look at the opponents. I mean, we went from Justin Herbert to Kyler Murray to Teddy Bridgewater. No offense to Teddy Bridgewater, but. You know, he's past his best in the NFL, and he's playing hobbled with a quad and foot injury behind a shaky offensive line, and I thought this was a game where the Browns could get right defensively. They certainly did pitch in a shot in the first half, and I agree with Steve's grades on each half. 
Um, and one thing we got to keep in mind too, you know, as hard hit as the offenses with injuries, the Browns were without, I think, their best linebacker in Jeremiah Wusakoromoa. Okay, that's one thing. But in the fourth quarter, Denzel Ward left with a hamstring injury. So that's going to be something that we're going to have to monitor moving forward because unfortunately for Denzel, I mean, it, he obviously had the neck injury here recently. Now it's the hamstring. And every year you get some good play out of Denzel. He had a rough start to this season, I think which is uncharacteristic for him, but there's always injuries and there's always missed games. And, you know, luckily you have, you know, Greedy Williams uh, back from his shoulder last year uh, playing pretty well for you in spots. Greg Newsom's back from his calf injury and Troy Hill is in there as your nickel. But Denzel Ward is something that I don't think we should overlook when we're recording this video slash pod. Uh, you know, that, that could be uh, – a very significant blow here. All right. It is now 2 a.m. Bars are closing, and so are we. <laughs> For Steve Dorschuk, Marla Reinauer, Nate Ulrich, and myself, we're going to say good night. And no, I'm not going to a bar before last call. <laughs> I'm going to get back to work. You guys have a good night.